And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. The presenting sponsor for today's episode of Civilized Barking is Visa, a network working for everyone. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. The celebration is on. Um, it was a grinder. You know, it ended up being a blowout, Jason. Um, a total beatdown. But the Browns didn't really separate and get to breathe until the fourth quarter. Uh, I think that's good. Good experiences, obviously a great bounce back for the defense. Complete domination on the stat sheet. Complete domination really to the eye, you know, outside a few stretches. Um, and, yeah, it's just astounding. I mean, I look over to my left maybe midway through the fourth, and it says 368 to 3 on the inside scoreboard for, for the total yardage. Miles is posing and had four and a half sacks. Easily could have been more. Uh, you know, not one of those where you where it's right to say not a lot to say because there it was a ton that happened. But like I just saw, first of all, I think it's necessary, right? We hold Miles Garrett to a high standard because he's this gifted and he's not going to have four and a half sacks every game. But he had to be better than he was in the first two games, and today he absolutely was with an exclamation point. Yeah, I, Miles, I think, was indicative of this entire defense. So, what was it, nine sacks that they finished up with? Uh, so much talk after last week, you know, revolved around the defense and how it needed to be better. I think we said on this podcast, I said on this podcast, I wrote it last week, I thought it's too early and it would be better. It was concerning, but things could be, would get better. Uh, you know, I don't think one game against the Bears and a rookie quarterback in his first start, we can say, okay, everything's solved, everything's better. But that was the type of performance this defense needed to turn in, and and they got it when they needed it. And like you mentioned, Miles, uh, the four and a half sacks probably could have had five or six, uh, if not more. And you know, I noticed when he came off the field after the after the last sack, and the crowd was chanting his name, and he sort of threw his head back and and smiled, and threw his hands in the air, his fists in the air, and shook his fist, really sort of embracing the moment, soaking in the moment. Uh, you know, I chased him down the hall. I was trying to get him when he left the interview, because I really wanted to ask him, and he couldn't really ask it in a press conference setting, but, you know, Zach, two things that stood out to me that Miles said last week after the win over the Texans. One, that they expected Houston to run it more than they did, and he was, his words, stuck inside on a lot of on a lot of plays. And then later on, on the Delpit strip sack, he was joking, but, you know, he said he was dropping back in coverage, thinking, what the hell am I doing back here? And it looked to me like this week they just, got back to just turning miles loose. They didn't get cute with schemes and coverages and all that. They just said, you know, 95 is one of the best pass rushers in the league. Let's let him get after the quarterback. And he did. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, the, the exclamation point was the one coming towards us at the end, the last one where 
Fields just doesn't know that he's there and, and mm-hmm. can't think that a human being of 265 pounds could chase him like that. I mean, Justin Fields is fast, right? Like, yeah. He is yeah. fast. And here he comes. So, yeah, um, we both thought it was interesting. We, we talked about it on and off the record, right? Some of the things he said after the game on Friday, he went and said, I need more help from my teammates. I'm getting doubled. I'm doing all I can here. You know, he went on Instagram and said something about um, they said I fell off and I thought, well, you just had your worst game of your career. So he bounced back. Right. And, um, you know, speaking of the postgame press conference, the quarterback is back to dropping the rap lyrics in. Right. I, I don't know what most of them mean. I recognize a couple of them. He stops and grins every time he says one. So I think it was more like four or five. I got I caught two. Hey, whatever. Um, the Browns had fun today. The Browns earned it. They've earned a right to have fun. They earned the win. Um, they were always going to be two and one, right? We always thought that they needed to be protect your home turf, um, play well. And after two crappy defensive performances, they had the defensive performance of a lifetime, right? On a day, the pass game didn't work. They had a 12 play 89 yard. I shouldn't say didn't work on a day. The pass game was far from excellent in a day. The offensive line got beat up a little bit. They had a 12-play, 89-yard statement-making drive before the half, and they had a 6-play, 75-yard drive that was all Beckham and all Hunt. Not Nick Chubb, not anybody else. Those guys. Beckham's back. Life's good. Kareem Hunt, game of his life. Your backup running back. Put the Bears away today, (laughs) right? Like, this team's really good. So, as you mentioned, this one defensive performance doesn't mean that they're the new 85 Bears. Right. They didn't just steal it right from them. Um, being two and one doesn't mean anything. The, the Ravens kick a 66 yard field goal in the last play of the game to get to two and one with the Bengals. <laughs> we all saw that coming. Right. I guess in, in totality to me, Jason, the Browns are right where they needed to be. They won on a day that they had to fight for it, even though the final score and final eight ish, 12 ish minutes don't indicate it. Right. And in Miles, in Kareem, in just a little of Odell Beckham, you see why expectations are what they are. All that fair? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Let's get into it a little bit. So, you know, we, we mentioned Odell a couple times. Obviously, today's his debut. Led the team in targets. I don't think that's uh, – I, I think that's noteworthy. I think that's worth pointing out. Obviously, no Jarvis contributes to that. But, you know, we talked about last week, Baker couldn't throw it to receiver. You know, two of his receivers let him down in, in Anthony Schwartz. And I don't know if, if DPJ let him down with a fumble, but whatever. He didn't go back to either one of them after those blunders. And to get Odell back this week, nine targets. Zach, one thing that stood out to me with the Odell targets, they were nine down the field targets. There was no, you know, it, it seems so often they have a hard time getting Odell the ball, so it's just snap it and pitch it to him. Just snap it and throw a quick screen to him, whatever it is. Just get the ball in 13's hands, let him go make a play. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But, it, but today – First game back, it felt like they incorporated him into the offense a little bit better. Uh, I was It was a pleasant surprise to me to see. Odell said afterwards he was exhausted, maybe the most tired he's ever been after a game. He, he kept saying he didn't have his legs under him. I found that curious because he, it looked like he had the burst to me. It looked like he was explosive. Uh, I don't know what to make of that. I tried to ask him that, and he said he didn't know how to answer that. He just sort of compared it to a fighter who didn't have his legs. You know, yeah. obviously after after the long layoff, First game back, the energy you need to play an NFL game is far different from practice. 
Just your impressions of Odell today. Nine targets, five catches, 77 yards. Yeah. Um, let me say this. He's used about seven boxing analogies in different ways. So that's just what he does, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm sitting here, guys. It's an hour and a half after the game. I'm sitting right at the 50-yard line in the first place I could sneak. I'm, I'm watching them resod the field, and I'm seeing the stats. They went old-school graphics up there today, and it, it looks kind of cool. They made them look like the old Cleveland Stadium. Anyway. Jason, I've sat, I've been coming to this particular press box for 22 seasons, right? And I've sat here and convinced myself that certain guys or certain teams, right, we're going to do it. And here we are talking about Odell Beckham and Miles Garrett, two guys that it's hard to grade, impossible to put expectations on, right? And I think they, they, they have come crashing to earth for Odell for several reasons, one of them being that he's 10 and a half months off ACL surgery. But – I think when he says he doesn't have his legs, I think he expects one of those balls that looks like it's thrown 13 yards out of bounds. He expects that he should, that he should chase that down, right? Like he expects that with nine targets and five catches that he should have 130 and not 77. And that's fine. I mean, this team has amassed a lot of talent. And and the reason I pointed out both in my, in my story and earlier in the podcast that it was Kareem and Odell that did it. Well, in the other games, it wasn't those guys, right? Jarvis is off for a few weeks, getting well. You know, Nick Chubb has generally been the guy outside of Jarvis that they go to when they need. So they didn't – it wasn't those guys today. It was the other guys. You know, last week it was Harrison Bryant catching passes. You know, today Austin Hooper, quiet day. Jason, you called it. He always falls down. Well, Baker makes a perfect read. They they know exactly what the the Bears' coverage is going to be. Baker looks off the guys, goes right to the middle, trusts Hooper's going to be there. Ball thrown right to him, best throw of the day, falls down, touchdown. <laughs> right? So so we need to let's let's have fun with that for a minute. So we had we had talked about, and I think you're the one who pointed it out a couple weeks ago that Hooper always falls down after he catches he just falls down. Every time mm-hmm. he catches the ball, he falls down. Yeah. And so Brown's call their last timeout. They're out of timeouts. And where were they? What like the eleven? I think they were yeah, around so the eleven. Right around right around like the fifteen and ten ish. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about all the different options and weapons and where could they go. And I said, well, they could go to Hooper. You said they got $11 million tight end. And I said, well, they could go to Hooper, but it better be in the end zone because, you know, he's going to fall down. Yes. And sure enough, he catches the ball <laughs> and falls down in the end zone 30 seconds later after we have that conversation. That yeah. was pretty funny. No, uh, listen, uh, we marvel. It's Stefanski's ability to handle a game, right? And even when you and I sit there and converse back and forth in, in whisper or snicker, so what do I say every time that I take a stance? I say, well, I'm not Kevin Stefanski, right? Because he's earned that yeah. trust from us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why we're sitting there talking about it, it's not like we're talking the entire game, is because this team is that good, right? And in Higgins, there's a guy that he trusts. In DPJ, it's like a baby deer finding his way out there, right? He finally had one big catch today. His time is coming. Baker has said that. Alex Van Pelt has said that. DPJ himself doesn't say much, but right – and so to, I thought, right, like, I guess I would say I thought Odell's transition was seamless today. And it's one day, and they didn't ever need him need him, right, although they went to him on what became the back-breaking drive. But for him to get in, play those snaps, take those hits, do it, I mean, the overall chemistry has not been there today was a good start, right? Um, it's really clear, and I chart this every week, He's saving the running backs. He's using them in a rotation. He's using them in certain plays, and then he's riding the hot hand. Well, today, 
it was that guy, the different guy with the hot hand, who's just running angry and spinning and karateing his way for extra yards, right? And I think it's good that the offensive line, you know, needed to to regroup. I think it's good that the Browns failed on fourth down a couple of times. And I think one of them, again, I'll, I'll go back and look at this for my Tuesday review, but I know on one of them, Will's just blocked inside and never saw the guy coming, and that'll blow up any play, right? So the kicker makes the field goals. The special teams have been fine after the week one disaster. The defense has not been good. It comes out and completely has a dominating game. And the offense has to fight for it. Still ends up over five a play. Still ends up with the aforementioned big drives. Gets Odell freaking Beckham back. Like, the vibes are good. They're really, really good. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I want to ask you about, uh, I want to get to Kareem. But I want to ask you first about the uh, what Kevin had to say. He put he he always falls on the sword. He always puts it on himself with coverages uh, and, and with protections. Anything, anytime anything goes wrong with the offense, he says that's on me. But the two fourth downs that didn't work, I didn't mind at all going forward on fourth down. He's he might be more aggressive than John than John Harbaugh and going forward on fourth ground fourth down, and I I love it. I think it's great. Two, you know, the plays weren't great. You mentioned Wills looked inside. There was the the snap looked funky, and then on the second one, it looked like Baker turned for a, either for a fake or for a handoff, and there was nobody there. So there was some sort of miscommunication there. But what do you make of Kevin every time he falls on the sword and when he says I could be better with the protections? What does he mean by that? I mean, I think he doesn't sleep at night when the offense doesn't play. Uh, in at least an A minus performance in the little details, like you said, like like little executions of of the money down plays or the um, the misdirection stuff that they're so good at, right? I, I think what he meant is he goes into a game, Jason, with a certain number of fourth down plays, right? With a certain number of little wrinkle motions. Um, wheel route to Felton today, right? And he want, they're in for that week based on what they've seen on tape on Monday and Tuesday and what they've worked on on those on Thursday and Friday, thinking, hey, we're, we know we're going to get this coverage. We know we're going to do that, right? And I, I just think, you know, obviously it doesn't mean because you, have, you put in four fourth down plays that you don't go to another one. It just means you work on that and you feel good, and it's part of this comprehensive game plan. It's part of this new Browns that we have that are always prepared, right? So yeah. I think that he says – you know, we knew what we were going to do here. And I think what he probably meant is either either Wills was supposed to go inside and someone was supposed to pick that guy up because it was part of a misdirection play or that it was just a basic completely blew the block and he's like, what What are we doing here? Right? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I will say this too, guys. When you say the snap is wonky, this is one of those where in the stadium we see a lot but if we don't, sometimes stuff shows up on TV on the replay better than we get to see it, right? Like here at home, I can always watch the the big the big board replay. But where we sit, I, we don't have a great view of the TV. 
for the feed. So sometimes right. we get to see the replay. Everybody else does. Some sometimes we don't. Um, yeah, I just I just think I think a lot of people needed this game today, right? Joe Woods, Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, um, JOK, and, and I think more than anything else, I don't want to get this lost because frankly, I think it should probably should have been higher in my story than than it was my my initial first thought story. The front office went and got Clowney because this is what they envisioned. Obviously not nine sacks, right, and holding a team to 47 yards. But they envisioned those two being disruptive and playing different spots and making huge plays to the point that JOK and Delpit and John, John are running behind them and cleaning up the mess, right? Like this is what it's supposed to look like. And so there will be more formidable opponents that don't have a rookie quarterback or have a coach who tries to put the rookie quarterback in advantageous situations because I don't think the Bears did that very well either, right? But I just I think everyone involved with the Browns football operation feels good tonight, obviously for the win and, and for that. But that's that they expect greatness out of Miles Garrett and they expect his plays to open things up for everyone else. They expect Baker to deliver those one or two huge throws that he did on a day when a lot of them weren't working and, and, and the offensive line was not its typical dominant self. Right. And, and the icing on the cake is guys like Kareem and Odell, who frankly are not in the three or four headliners for this team. Odell, and Odell can change that. <laughs> right. But like when they do what they did today, the Browns are going to win a lot of games, even against way better competition in way more difficult circumstances than they faced in the second half today. The Browns had more sacks than the Bears completed passes. I don't know that I've ever seen that before it, it, in, a, in an NFL game. Right. Like 2002, it happened. Um, I mean, on this board, 78 plays to 42, 418 yards to 47. And I know you guys all have the internet, <laughs> but like it's astounding. 215 rush yards to 46, 203 pass yards to one. Time of possession, 39-34 to 2026. Yeah. Wow. 39-34. And, and really, like I said, with with the thing about the defensive blueprint, the offensive blueprint is get the lead in the fourth quarter. And and why did he save Chubb and Hunt all year long, all game long, right? Sold it away. That's exactly what they did. It just so happened and in this game, it got out of hand to the point that Case Keenum was handing to Dearness Johnson at the end. And that's good, too. We saw a little bit of Felton. We saw a little bit of DPJ. We didn't see the tight ends featured except on that, like I said, the, the pass of the day. Uh, after a week in which we saw them featured, they're just really good. The, the the coaching and the game plan is really good. It keeps you guessing and it utilizes all this talent. And there's a shit ton of talent. There there really is. And the kicker and, and the kicker made two. Yeah, miles. <laughs> I was going to get to that. So let's. I still want to get to Kareem, but let's go. Let's go to Chase McLaughlin. How much leash did he earn himself, both in this job and with fourth down situations in the future, to make two fifty plus yard kicks? I'm sure it's happened before. I was trying to quickly do a search to see the last time a Browns kicker made 250-plus kicks. I think Phil Dawson did against the Ravens, right, 2012, I think. Uh, beyond that, man, it's been a while. Uh, to, to I guess I'll just leave it at that. What did you think of Chase's day, and and has he sort of earned a little bit more leash and a little bit more trust in Kevin Stefanski? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when, when I said, man, I can't picture, remember the last time a 57-yarder? I immediately followed up by saying, because most times in this stadium, you wouldn't even try it. Right. right. And so he makes it 
that's huge. To come back and make the 52-yarder later is even bigger. So, yeah, talk about leash and confidence. Those are the exact words that come to my mind. I can't really expound upon that. I can tell you that absolutely that's big. And I can tell you for a team that knows it's going to win, need to win a certain number of games to win the division, having confidence in the kicker, something they haven't had in a long time, is big. So he's kind of like the defense. We're not putting anybody in Canton or anybody at the league leaders list, right? But that that was big in all part of a day where, like I said, you just string it all together. Um, bounce back with two wins, you know, overcome a, a rough offensive start and just pull away. And, you know, you go on a two-game road trip, you do feel better about your kicker. You do feel better about your pass rush. Odell should be physically better in a week. Right, Chubb and Hunt are completely rested, and you saw the best of Kareem Hunt today. And if we just if we see that, that's what I've been saying all along. That's what makes the Browns different. A lot of these teams have really good players. A lot of these teams have winning formulas, right? But these two backs make the Browns different. And it was Kareem's day. It it, it was so. Um, yeah, just 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 an impressive all around performance. And I think. I think when you look at the circumstances of the failed fourth downs, of the O-line struggling, they didn't want Baker to get hit that much. He got hit more today than he did in the first two games combined, probably by a lot, right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's some things to work on, some things to go back and look at. And the next two weeks, you're probably going to get back in Kansas City-type games. Uh, the Vikings have nobody left on defense. And the Chargers have this quarterback who's just a freak. Um Next two weeks, you're going to get back into needing to score 28 or more to win, and you're going to need, hopefully, what's your blueprint? Get to the fourth quarter and let those backs do their thing. Kareem Hunt's 26 years old, uh, prime of his career. If he's still in Kansas City, to me, he's still top five running back in the NFL, top three. Is he the best running back in the NFL if he still has the opportunities he was getting with the Chiefs and getting 25, 30 carries? Are you, are you surprised that – he is here and we've talked about this off and on and around the edges, but are you surprised that he stayed and signed a second contract? And since he, since the Browns gave him that opportunity to get back in the league and he sort of reestablished himself, he stayed out of trouble for the most part. He had a couple minor blips with speeding or whatever else, but he, he could have left, right? He could have, he could have tested the market and, and seen if there's another opportunity out there. Are you at all surprised that he stayed and took the contract that the Browns offered him? Well, he he didn't ever fully make it to the market. He was about to make he did make restricted free agency. Given his baggage, nobody was going to give that up for him. And given his baggage is why he had to sign a lesser deal. But he also was saying to the Browns, "You trusted me. You you gave me a chance to resurrect my career and do this. And now you've put me here on this on this offense with a chance to play in my hometown." with a chance to do this but but still have tread on the tires when I achieve full free agency, it's been a win-win. And, and the biggest thing, as you mentioned, was going to be and will always be stay out of trouble. Well, he has. And so you credit him for doing that. You credit the Browns for sticking with him. You know, Stefanski and, and Barry have been really selective in a lot of things that they've done. And if, if they thought that Kareem was going to mess up his last chance, they wouldn't have done it. They trusted him. He has rewarded them. And, you know, just an incredible 70-degree day here today in Cleveland. 
their vision is those two backs in this offensive line on a less than incredible minus 17 degree day four months from now. And, and yeah. Kareem showed today that that can happen. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you're talking about Kareem, you're talking about Odell, you're talking about all these guys that are not necessarily the headliners. They're still beating them. And I'm sitting here, I'm going through the Rolodex in my head of how many NFL teams can beat you in as many different ways as the Browns can. And the Chiefs come to mind, and I'm not sure beyond that. Like, it seems like most teams have an identity. Most teams have a blueprint. Most teams, you know what you're going to get out of them week to week. It feels like the Browns are versatile enough offensively that 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 – as you said, they can beat you with their secondary guys. They can beat you with the headliner, Nick Chubb. They can throw it to the tight ends. There are so many different ways to beat you, and you've said that before, but I don't know that there's many other teams. Who am I missing? What other teams in the NFL can beat you in so many different ways like the Browns can? Yeah, um, it, that's a, it's a great question. And at this early stage in the season, you know, it's hard. Um, it's hard to to say that uh, or to, to answer that, right? Um, a lot of teams are playing rookie quarterbacks. The Browns tried that for years. It didn't quite work out, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they're arriving at the point where the synergy, the trust, and the talent all meet, right? Um, I think the Chargers are arriving at that point. Casey is certainly there. I think Buffalo and Baltimore are there in different ways. And I think that's why you look at the Browns in that top tier with those teams they just mentioned. I think in the NFC, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously – has that in Green Bay. Um, Tom Brady is just surrounded by incredible talent. And the Rams um, have an awesome receiving core and went out and got Matt Stafford to, to make it go. Seattle has had a good thing going. They just changed offensive coordinators. You know, they, they've had a good thing going with the same players and obviously a dynamite quarterback. But, yeah, I mean, there's two final frontiers for this team, Jason. It's the last two minutes, right? And it's just the defense being consistently better. And again, and it, it that doesn't mean today all the time. And it doesn't mean winning games 17-14 because like twice a year you're gonna have to do that. It just means that these huge miles performances becoming more the norm, him changing games, that blueprint of he and Clowney making it easier on other guys, and then more consistency and communication from the secondary, which again today, you know, it worked. They lose Greg Newsom. We don't know the extent of that injury. But they have a guy who started games to come in before. Now John Johnson's played four more quarters with his teammates, right? Now Grant Delpit's played four more quarters of, of NFL football. So you all start seeing it come together for November when they really need it to count. So, yeah, the Browns are a top eight team in this league. And the Browns right there with the top teams and can do a lot of things. Still have some growing to do and still have some proving to do, but, like, they, they can overwhelm you in a number of ways. And, again, it, it, like many teams, many people doing this would just be talking about Miles Garrett, right? Many people doing this would just be talking about Odell's grand return. We're not – we got like six things to talk about. Yeah. And, 
and it's all part of the plan. Like, very, there were some fortunate circumstances for for this organization, and John Dorsey taking the chance on Kareem Hunt was certainly one of them. John Dorsey taking his poker chips and trading for Odell was certainly one of them, right? But like, they've been really good and really smart about how they've continued to put these pieces together and how Stefanski uses them continues to be nothing short of super impressive. Well, plenty of time this week to get into it, but uh, Kevin Stefanski's going back to Minnesota Sunday next week. How important do you think this game is to him? He'll never say it, but I think tremendously. Yeah, <laughs> agree. He'll never say it. He, he He's no. going to downplay this all week yes. long. But yes. it, it, it really, it's, it's astonishing to me that I wrote about this when they hired him. Nobody else interviewed him. Nobody interviewed Kevin Stefanski for head coaching job. I think Carolina was going to, and then they hired Rule before they mm-hmm. be, before the interview. Yeah, nobody else in the NFL ever hired or ever interviewed Kevin Stefanski to be an NFL head yeah. coach. He worked in Minnesota for 13 years in different roles under different head coaches. Right, um, climbed the ladder, went from coach's personal assistant to assistant position coach to position coach to one day you're calling plays. They fired their offensive coordinator in December in a playoff season, right? Um, This league has weird circumstances, guys. You know, and and the Browns don't care to carry over any of those sacks or any of those points or any of those broken tackles into next week, right? But um, the first thing he's going to do tomorrow and Wednesday is the first Minnesota question that's asked. He's going to give a three-word answer, and he's going to try to discourage any further ones, right? But what I think he would tell you, Jason, is it means a lot because – he, he, the city and the organization mean a ton to him. Um, they've built a pretty good offense over there. I think he has a better one here. Um, I, I really do. But he knows all of those guys that are a part of it, except for Justin Jefferson, um, the outstanding second-year guy who obviously was drafted after Kevin left. You know, I, I think he, he, he wants to go win that game. And he knows that his team has to win. 11 or 12 or more games to win the division. <laughs> and he knows it's not going to be perfect. And he knows they're not going to run the table and be 16 and one. Right. But if given the choice of looking at it, if sitting there having a beer with him, when the schedule came out, if you'd have played that game and said, Kevin, you're going to be 14 and three, which three he would say, well, this one needs to be one in the, in the, in the win column. I absolutely yeah. think that totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we covered everything yeah. we could cover. Uh, we didn't. Even, we didn't even talk about the quarterback. We didn't even talk about Baker. Yeah, you know, uh, he 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 did his job, right? They've harped on the turnovers. I don't think it's the turnovers that necessarily got them beat, or really, you know, they did derail them last week, right? But he did his job today, right? And and he threw the swing passes to Kareem Hunt. He he threw to Odell with confidence. They they weren't all right there. A better throw to Peoples Jones, and that's probably a touchdown. It's still a nice play. Yep. Rashard Higgins again comes out of nowhere, moves the chains twice, dances twice, does his job, right? And and they get the defense that they thought they want for the Hooper play. He puts the ball right on the money, and it's a touchdown. Yeah, he had some throws. He missed some throws. Um, I, I think it's probably a good thing that they win the game as handily as they do, and and. You know, we're, what, almost 30 minutes into this podcast. And, oh, yeah, by the way, here's how Baker played today. I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, like I said, I thought he missed badly on some throws. You're not going to make them all. 
he made the throws he needed to make. And I think the shoulder, if he's being honest, the shoulder's probably still bothering him a little bit, the left shoulder. Oh, and speaking of shoulders, Odell, what did you think of Odell saying his shoulder popped out on the first hit? Popped out and went back in. That kind of caught me by surprise. And then he's yeah. like, oh, it's just a football thing. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure. I, I would need that documented. <laughs> I was thinking maybe more like got blasted pretty good and I had to grab at it. Maybe he did right. have to pop it back in. I don't know. It's hard for me to judge these things. I've, I've never been able to do anything. I've, I've never been able to run fast or jump high or cut on a dime <laughs> in my life. He right? didn't even so, come out of the game. He missed one play on that opening drive. Yeah. I was watching. Well, he, he definitely went in. He definitely went in with two trainers about 30 seconds left in the half and definitely did not come back out from the half until a good two minutes after most of his teammates had come out. Now, yeah. like Kareem was only 30 seconds ahead of him. And whether he was getting retaped or taking a piss, or just sitting in his locker stretching out, we don't know because we're not back there. Right. Um, so it's not completely abnormal, but 50 of the Browns players were out two and a half minutes before Odell was, right? Because we were yeah, watching yeah. at that time. Yep. So, yep. yeah, was it the shoulder? I, I don't know. I mean, it, it can be a million things. Guys need retaped or they need rebraced or, the, or, or whatever, right? And he right. definitely came right. and was stretching out on the sideline after it. But it wasn't at the shoulder. Like, we were watching him adjust – his knee, but was he just stretching? You know, did a knee pad slide out of place? Did did, did a tape job need redone? We we don't know. Um, you know, he said he's good. He, he's 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 going to be better in a month. And and I think, you know, Stefanski said we didn't have a pitch count, but we were in constant communication. And I think they'll they'll start to develop that more of a okay. Here here's how we want to use him, and here's the number of snaps and. If they get behind in one of these games in the next two weeks and they have to throw like crazy, then maybe they'll just see. But they they want to control what they they can, and and today was big for that because Nick Chubb is completely fresh. Kareem did his thing, and Odell's back, and he's he's good to go. So now the left tackle, I will say this is a problem because it's a clearly a lingering ankle injury, and this is a team that doesn't have a bye until after Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. So yep. that's an issue, and Greg Newsom needing an MRI is an issue with two of your team captains, even though the Browns don't technically have them, Walker and Landry still on IR. But that's also the NFL, and onward we go, and and the next guy has to step up. And when the Browns are bringing Kareem Hunt and Odell Beckham out of the bullpen, they're in pretty good hands. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reading. (laughs) Pretty good bullpen. uh, Yeah, pretty good bullpen. Pretty good bullpen. Um, Yep, that's all we got. Talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 